0: This is Kate Boyer, speaking from Nightmute, Alaska. The Attic, keeper of the gruesome, the horrifying, and the shocking. Here in the dark place, leering over a typical neighborhood street, is where the phantasma lives. The Attic is where you experience disturbing scenes shared by haunted minds and morbid souls.
1: Tonight, in this episode of Scenes from the Attic, the year is 1986. The place is a hospital in Nightmute, Alaska, where we step into two different waiting rooms and meet two people who didn't expect to end their days so far away from each other in a place that smelled of endings and new beginnings. And now, Boozhound Entertainment presents... Waiting room.
0: The air smelled of pine and bleach, which on their own are always a bit too much, but together made Harding Thompson's stomach want to empty the lunch she had consumed hours earlier. Blood oozed through her favorite shirt and down her face from a head wound. She realized she must be in shock because there was no pain associated with her injuries and she could not remember how she came to be standing in front of a half wall of glass with nurses on the other side. Colin's heart thumped twice, hard and fast, as he stood outside the door. His right hand gripped the knob, turning his flesh a molten white and pink, unsure if he had the courage to enter. The waiting room behind her was almost empty save for a mother rubbing the back of a teenager as the girl bent over at the waist, moaning and groaning. Harding turned back to the desk, hunching over to talk through the circle in the glass. As she attempted to speak, her voice cracked with the back of her throat feeling like sandpaper. She coughed into her hand, and when she pulled it away, found the palm coated in red. The sound did nothing to get the attention of the three people only feet away from her. Colin heard footsteps behind him, and without thinking about what lay beyond, he moved into the sparsely furnished room with metal chairs and white flecked tile that looked to date back to the original construction of the building. She wondered when Colin would be here. He must be frantic. The last thing she remembered was removing her sunglasses to rub her tired eyes and the digital clock in the car staring back, glowing with the numbers 852. Harding would never get used to how bright the sky was at this time of night. The car sped by one of many yellow signs, warning of game crossing. The waiting room he'd stepped into was empty, along with the metal desk in the corner next to a door announcing, Employees Only. The animal came bouncing high, ears twitching. At the last moment before impact, their eyes met, both dark chocolate brown, seeing the end of their story while they still drew breath. He slumped down into the edge of the closest chair, thinking of the stupid smile he'd had on his face the whole day. He stood, feeling a dampness soak through his suit coat. He was too dressed up for this place. The loudspeaker shouting out a code blue brought her back to her current situation. The nurses all moved as one, rushing through a back door in their small room. She used her bloody hand to pound against the glass, smearing a deranged handprint with the liquid as she yelled. None of them turned to acknowledge her presence. A video camera hummed as it swung from side to side following Collins every action. He paced back and forth trying to come up with an answer to what his next move would be when he found himself in front of the forbidden door. A voice crackled through a speaker in the wall explaining someone would be with him in a moment. Harding was panicking now as the flow of blood trailed down her leg. The other occupants paid her no attention as she continued to scream for help to an empty space beyond the glass. She moved to the double doors marked emergency room, when they opened automatically as someone shouted from behind pushing a patient on a gurney. She jumped out of the way and just as the paramedic passed reached out to grab his arm, but he moved too fast and she missed making contact. Colin pulled off his tie and threw it on a chair watching the long green and blue piece of cloth slip to the floor in slow motion. He was about to take off his coat when a whooshing sound turned him around to a door on the opposite side of the room, and in walked a man who looked like he could wrestle a bear to the ground. He should be out in the woods, Colin thought, and not step down here with people like me. Harding slipped in between the double doors before they closed and faced an empty room. Her legs stuttered as she tried to make it to the closest bed, feeling like her body was as light as air. Leaving the waiting room behind, Colin moved in a haze behind the bear wrestler. If the man was talking, Colin did not hear anything he said. Before he was ready, they stepped through a doorway and into a room with her there. The hospital green sheet lay from her neck down to her ankles. The soft brown curls of her hair were crusted with blood. All Colin could think of was how he couldn't wait to get back home and tell her what a shitty day he'd had. A laugh burst from him and the wrestler, not looking surprised at all, was decent enough to turn away, giving him this moment. Once the silence returned, he reached out to caress her cheek, whispering her name. Harding's heart leapt with joy at the sound of her husband's voice. At last she knew he would get someone to patch her up and then they could go home and open the bottle of whiskey they had been saving for a special occasion. She held out her hand to steady herself as the bright lights above her became the only sight in her vision. Next time, return to the Attic and travel to Seattle, Washington, where we visit a house where you're not alone, even if you
1: are. This has been Waiting Room, part of the scenes from the Attic series.
0: Hey, this is Kate from Booze Hound. We're a small entertainment company run out of a couple studios we built in our basement we lovingly call Speakeasy Studios. It's in these studios we create the stories like this one you just listened to. We're 100% supported by our fans, so if you like this show and want to support it in future shows, visit weareboozehound.com forward slash support, where you can buy official merchandise, make a one-time donation, or become a full-fledged boozer and get all kinds of extras only our patron community receives. That's weareboozehound.com forward slash support, and everything you give goes into making more episodes and shows. We thank you for your support.
1: Scenes from the Attic is produced by Boozehound Entertainment, written and narrated by Kate Boyer, directed and edited by Phil Boyer.